Well, it is what we call Trap Thursday here at the Locked On Podcast Network. Which teams going into the weekend have games that seem like they'll be fine, but uh, might actually give them a little bit more trouble or perhaps be an upset? There are only a couple opportunities, but we'll get into them and the other big games of the weekend. All coming up with Richie Bradshaw of Locked On Sun Devils. Let's go. Our Locked On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Locked On Pac-12. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin, D1 play-by-play broadcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. We're free and available on all platforms and on YouTube as well. If you have not already, please like, comment, and subscribe. This is your number one source to stay up to date with the Conference of Champions. I appreciate everybody out there who has done so already. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That is upside with the code locked. Richie Bradshaw joins me today, host of Locked On Sun Devils, and we're going uh, around the Pac-12, including his uh, Sun Devils who take on Oklahoma State this weekend. And uh, let's just hop right into it, Richie. Yeah, I, I too think that's going to be an L for <laughs> <It's a bad laughs> Arizona State. Um, you know, the, the theme of this day in the week throughout the season is going to be Trap Thursday. Which teams uh, need to be on notice for games that fan bases could easily overlook? There aren't a ton of those matchups this week in the Pac-12, and I actually think this could be a really rough weekend for the Pac-12. There are a lot of double-digit underdogs. I I mean, several double-digit underdogs in the Pac-12, and I don't foresee any of them pulling an upset this weekend. Uh, Let's start with the team you know in Arizona State and their in-state counterpart, Arizona. Could either of the desert schools pull an upset this weekend against Oklahoma State in Stillwater for ASU and Arizona at home in Tucson, 10.5-point underdog against an SEC opponent in Mississippi State. Could either of those teams invoke a trap game on the other side and pull a little bit of an upset? I think they both definitely could. They they both looked like very, very confident football teams in Week 1. You know, Arizona comes out with a 40-3 to victory over NAU, nearly flawless execution. U of A looked outstanding. Jaden Melora picked up right where he left off after transferring yeah. from Washington State. U of A looks deadly. Uh, it, it was funny. They had that little uh, highlight, if you can call it that, uh, play where they punted from their own end zone and it got blocked right into their own offensive lineman and San Diego State recovered for a touchdown. But it didn't matter because U of A won pretty convincingly. Uh, they both look like good teams. Uh, Oklahoma State is by far the tougher matchup between Arizona State and U of A's respective games plus Arizona State going to Stillwater for this game it's not an impossible matchup because Oklahoma uh, excuse me Oklahoma State's defense is doing a lot of retooling after losing just about their entire starting secondary and a lot of their front seven pieces from last year and their defensive coordinator went to Ohio State yes he did the only problem is Spencer Sanders is a ridiculously good quarterback and should be able to tear up Arizona State looking at U of A They actually get the luxury of Mississippi State coming to Tucson. And based off of what they did in week one, hopefully the U of A Wildcats fan base maybe woke up a little bit and said, yeah, we're going to double our win total from last year. We're already halfway there. 
and maybe they maybe they can pull a upset. I mean, I wouldn't rule it out for either team, honestly. So we'll see. Like, I truly think that U of A could pull off an upset with them being at home. And it's not out of the realm of possibilities for Arizona State. I'm just certainly not betting on it. I would feel more confident about U of A's upset than ASU's upset. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you in that particular and that camp. Hurts to say. Yeah, and the San Diego <laughs> State win uh, was certainly impactful for Jed Fish as a head coach and for the Arizona football program. Not just the fact that they won, but how they won. I mean, it was comfortable. They got out to a big lead, and San Diego State kind of worked their way back. But at the end, you look up, you go, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't tight with the final seconds ticking down. And that's not something I think really anybody expected from Arizona. But this week will be a really good test for him. You, you go up against any SEC opponent, except for Vanderbilt and Missouri. They don't count. Uh, it, when you go up against a team like Mississippi State, that look, are, are they a perennial power? No, but are they capable of being a 7-8 win t- team in the SEC? Yes, they are. And that's a team that would probably be in the nine win category in, in the Pac-12. And we saw Mike Leach win a lot of games up at Washington just State. Just about to bring him up, yeah. And he's and he's got better athletes now over at, at Mississippi State. And let's let's hone in on that game a little bit because I, I am not uh, feeling great about the uh, Sun Devils. I know they looked the way they were supposed to. After about a quarter and a half of sluggish play, they dominated NAU 40 to three. That's the way it should look against an FCS opponent. But Arizona now comes home. And I think the the question for the Wildcats is, how, how do you want to stop the air raid? Do you, do you want to try and go toe for toe with them and, you know, let them air it out? And you're going to let Jane Delora throw 45 to 60 times a game because he can. He's, he's, he's thrown in the high 40s or 50s before. That's something he's capable of doing. doesn't have the biggest arm, but he's in that sort of shape, and he's that talented uh, of a quarterback. But when you go up against that air raid scheme, you have to make decisions about how to play stylistically, and, and I wonder what that will look like for Arizona and what the game plan will be. Yeah, Mike Leach, you know, excuse me, just like you mentioned, has a lot of experience in the Pac-12. He's very like intimately familiar with U of A and with the rest of the Pac-12 teams that he played very well against. And he brought that air raid to Mississippi State. And it didn't take long for Will Rogers to just step right into that role. Uh, I looked at the box score beforehand. 12 different guys caught a pass for the Bulldogs last week in their 49 to 23 win over Memphis. Uh, Will Rogers. 49 attempts, 450 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, it's just bread and butter for Mike Leach. It feels like it works wherever he goes because he made it work in Washington State when he had, you know, Connor Holiday as his quarterback. And now he's got a more confident quarterback with Will Rogers. The biggest question will be whether or not their defense will be able to step up to the task of slowing down Jaden Delora and uh, uh, Jacob Cowing, who just absolutely blew up last week with three yep. touchdowns. This could be a shootout, but I just don't know how much I trust U of A's defense to find any way to slow down this offense. Like you said, it feels like in a best case scenario, this has to be a shootout. Yeah, and I would be so down for a shootout. Give me a fifty. Give me a fifty-five to forty-nine barn burner. And look, does Arizona want to win this game? Yes, because if they do, they'd probably start getting top twenty-five votes. At, at some point in time, you beat a good Mountain West team and a respectable SEC 
opponent that that could move you into that particular category and that would be pretty monumental for a, a team that entering 2021 had lost 12 consecutive games and a year ago was in the midst of a 20 game losing streak but I think it's kind of unlikely just because Arizona is uh, you know clearly they've clearly taken a step forward right I don't think anyone can dispute that with that win against San Diego State that even I didn't see coming and I thought they'd be better than last year I liked what they did this offseason especially with Deloria quarterback I did not see them going on the road to beat a San Diego State team that a year ago knocked off Utah. Now, that was before the Utes made the switch uh, full-time and were really rolling and such with Cam Rising in the quarterback position. But still, that's a, that's a good Mountain West team. But Mountain West, SEC, that's two completely different worlds. And I think that's just a really tall mountain to, mountain to climb. Couple under, couple other double-digit underdogs. That is a mouthful, but yeah. we've got to get to them here on the show. We will. After I remind you, this episode brought to you by Upside. From cringing at the pump to getting an eye-popping check at your favorite restaurant, inflation inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. I notice every time I go to the grocery store or go anywhere, I go, man, they're right. There might really be something to this inflation stuff. There might also be something in the notion that Richie and I have forgotten how to speak English consistently today. With every purchase I make, though, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use my promo code LOCKED and get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. All right, Richie, let's let our brains breathe for just a half moment and remember what language we're we're, we're trying to speak. Let's channel some, get some good energy here. But How now, brown cow? <laughs> <laughs> I think of that This Is Sports Center commercial with uh, Jay Harris, the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. And he's typing <laughs> and he takes the donuts off his fingers. we got to do that mentally. So couple of 17 to 17 and a half point underdogs here in the Pac-12. And I, I don't see upsets coming in either scenario here for our beloved Conference of Champions. Colorado at Air Force, 17 and a half. Not a good look for the Buffs. It was not a good look in week one. So I'm not surprised to see that line that good. Air Force, I believe, was a 10-win team in 2021. Uh, they were victorious in, in a crazy bowl game, if I remember. And uh, that's another Mountain West opponent for, for the Pac-12 to go up against. A lot of Mountain West games this year, which I'm okay with. I like the regionality of uh, college football. Um, but uh, Colorado, big underdog there. Washington State, they underwhelmed wildly in week one against Idaho. They go at Wisconsin in Madison as a 17-point underdog. I I don't see either of those games being a trap game for Air Force or, or Wisconsin. Do you think there's a, a chance that, frankly, either team could even keep that close? Because I could see them both going awry. Yeah, unfortunately, remember for uh, anyone who listened to the podcast last week is me and you were actually hoping that, you know, Colorado might be able to pull off the upset because, Maybe they come into the year with some more confidence and some more swagger, believing that they're able to upset teams because, as most people remember, it was a 10-7 ball game against Texas A&M last year who finished as a top 25 team. Unfortunately, they just, you know, they came out and they they wet the bed and weren't able to get anything going 
uh, especially in the fourth quarter, TCU just absolutely took off and flew away. I, I don't know how you're supposed to stop a run game from Air Force or Army or Navy or any of those other uh, uh, military academies who just run the football like it's nobody's business. Air Force is just unstoppable on the ground. That's not going to change this week uh, against Colorado. Plus, they have to go to Air Force, so that's not going to be easy. And then that Washington State-Wisconsin game. Look, uh, uh, the uh, the quarterback for Washington State. the Cam uh, Ward. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was the transfer, right? Yeah, from, from Incarnate Ward. An FCS school plays an FCS program and a pretty bad one in week one, and that offense was, was not sharp. No, and unfortunately, it just, yeah, it, it didn't turn out the way that everyone was hoping that it would, and you play such a close game to Idaho, to Idaho in in Washington, like, that's not something that's going to build a lot of confidence, and then, you know, speaking of teams that run the football, Wisconsin's really good at that, yeah. and they just so happen to have a kid named Braylon Allen who's what 18 or 19 years old. Cause he reclassified last year as a 17 year old kid. He's six 235 pounds. Looking at what he did last week, he only had 14 carries just so happens. He turned it into 148 yards and two touchdowns. Eesh. Braylon Allen is an absolute animal. He's falling into the same category as the many Wisconsin running backs before him. I was intimately familiar with him coming into the year when he had to go up against Arizona state in the Las Vegas bowl. And I thought we did pretty good against him. And that still was not even close to containing him. So if, if, uh, if Washington state thinks that they can go to Madison and stop one of the best teams in college football for the last decade plus with a running back who is trending towards like first round status for 2024, he just looks that good already. That's a really tough ask. Yeah. Quite frankly, if any of the Pac-12 teams would be yeah. tough to go to Madison, but yeah. unfortunately, it's it's Wazoo, and I don't I don't like their chances in that one. Yeah, I I don't feel confident because of how they looked in Week One, and you're asking them to make a leap forward, which they can do, right? It's Week One. I, I've been saying all week on the show. I will continue to say these early weeks, but specifically the first week, it's for observations, not conclusions. Right. You can't make conclusions until you let things play out a little bit more. And Washington State can get better. And I think they're capable of being much better than what they showed in that first week against Idaho. The problem is doing it against a Wisconsin defense that you know is going to be good and facing a running game against a team that, as you point out, recruits running backs year in and year out with big physical Midwestern farm boys on the offensive line. Those are some big bruising dudes. It's tough to get them off the field. Their question's always been quarterback play, but I, I just wonder how Washington State can match up in this game physically. I think the line is justifiably uh, around that 17 number, and, and I don't see either of these Pac-12 games resulting in a trap game on the other side for uh, for the home teams. Uh, speaking of the Pac-12, the first interconference game, intra, is it intra or inter conference. I always get that mixed. I think it's intra. That's a conference. great question. I'm really glad you asked Spencer. Unfortunately, <laughs> I don't have the answer for you. <laughs> Even First as a journalism pack... major, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, that wasn't my official major per se, but um, 
the first Pac-12 game of the year is this weekend because Stanford and USC both play Notre Dame. They play conference games at weird times, and it's strange and odd, but, you know, it's how it is. It gives us a, a first real measure for Lincoln Riley and, and USC. This is one that that would be a candidate in a normal slate uh, of Pac-12 games to be a potential trap game. This is one you would eyeball. Team is a 9-10 point favorite, but they're on the road playing a team that, that could very well be solid. I don't see USC losing this game. It, you know, I, I thought about it of like, is that is that a trap game? Is that one where they go in? And I, I just think Stanford right now is still dealing with a little bit of an identity crisis. Are, are they recruiting high-level quarterbacks to throw it 30 to 40 times a game? Or are they going to get back to playing smash mouth, control the clock, play physical defense, Stanford football that they had when David Shaw was making that initial run in his first six years as head coach. And I don't think you can be in an in-between phase against a USC team that, yeah, they've had to reload and they were four and eight a season ago, but they've brought in an incredible amount of talent in the transfer portal, most of it coming on the offensive side. And they know what they are offensively and they have better athletes and they are more explosive and they have the better quarterback in this game. How do you think Stanford will fare uh, against USC this weekend? They're going to need a borderline perfect performance out of Tanner McKee. He looked great last week. Uh, he, uh, outside of the one interception, I mean, he tossed 300 yards. He tossed two touchdowns. He led Stanford to a really good 41-10 victory over Colgate, which the is brand what... of toothpaste. Yes, exactly. I didn't even know you were a college. I, I literally bought a tube of Colgate to, uh, toothpaste tonight from Walmart. So I, I don't know if they're I sponsored should, or not. Yeah, but, I, I, I mean, you know, look, it's good that Tanner McKee look good. I'm just saying like everything in context here. That's exactly the first thing when we all heard Colgate was like the brand, the, the toothpaste maker. But anyway, yeah, continue. I'm a crest guy, but you know, me neither too. Here nor I'm there. a big crest guy. <laughs> I, I like Tanner McKee. Uh, unfortunately, last year we saw once they really got into the heat of conference play, he melted under pressure. Arizona State completely broke him, and USC is not a slouch. You know, they don't have the best defense in the world. Uh, they looked pretty darn good against Rice, but again, with context, you're supposed yeah. to look good against Rice. The biggest issue for them, I have no idea how you are supposed to stop this offense. Caleb Williams looked as good as advertised. The run game looked great. Austin Jones had two scores on the ground. Travis Dye looked like a stud, and then they're – their passing game is just insane. Jordan Addison is everything he was advertised to be. Mario Williams is a stud. Uh, uh, Taj Washington also looked really good. They they got so many different guys who can do so many different things for you. And it's going to be a, just a huge test. The good news for them is Stanford has Q Blue Johnson. Or not Johnson. Uh, oh, my God. Caillou Blue Kelly. Kelly. Thank you. Caillou Blue Kelly. And he's he's a stud. He's really good. But he's going to have his but hands But that's full. one guy. That's exactly. one guy who I feel confident in in Stanford secondary matching up with those elite receivers. And is that enough? To me, Not the even, answer is no. no. And, and I think there's two ways Stanford can win this game. And, and again, because because I just, <laughs> you know, am not confident that they know exactly what they are, how they want to win football games now. I, I don't foresee it happening because USC has this advantage. But the two ways are you either turn back the clock a little, control the clock, keep USC's offense off the field and play good enough defense, or you try to trust Tanner McKee to throw the ball 30 to 40 times and see if he can, you know, take a leap forward here. But there are a lot of questions that can get answered 
this weekend in that particular game. Because if USC comes out and wins 38-10, to 10, then we know for certain, right? Right now, I th- we think we know, you know, USC will be good, but in the Pac-12, that is. But if they go out and they wallop Stanford on the road, not much of a road environment, but still, it's not at home. If they go out and do that, then you go, okay, yeah, that's going to be a, a tough team to play. And then some in in the Pac-12 conference slate, whether or not they could you know, stay in the top 10 all season long is a different conversation, as we've seen, because on the whole, uh, the Pac-12 is behind the rest of the country in, in a lot of ways, unfortunately. But that's uh, that's the reality. Um, the trap game that I have highlighted, and I don't think there's going to be an upset. Like, all my picks for uh, just a pick this week, very chalk, right? I, I think Colorado loses, ASU loses, I think Arizona loses, I think USC wins. Like, basically chalk across the board. But here's the one that just with the spread, I'm going to take. I don't think it's going to be popular because the team I'm betting on has not been very good. But I'm not that high in the Cal Bears. And they're coming off a good win against UC Davis. And I would love for them to prove me wrong and not play a close game that a year ago against Nevada at home ended up as a loss to an average Mountain West team. But UNLV is getting 13 points on the road against Cal. Not a great home environment, right? A little bit better because it's early in the season. I think that's a game that Cal has got to take more seriously than than people think. The theme of today is Trap Thursday, and that's the best one I can look at and go, Cal's favored, and I think they will win the game, but I I, I do not see them covering that 13-point number. No, I don't know if I do either. I mean, UNLV came out last week and they looked out, outstanding. Doug Brumfield has just not been able to get onto the field as much as UNLV would have loved throughout his career. But he looked great last week, tossed 350-plus yards and four touchdowns. They had no issue moving the ball through the air, had some good luck on the ground as well. Cal looks better than they did last year, but... Yeah. That's a pretty low expectation because Cal. Yeah, is, but yeah, everyone is also UC Davis. Yes. Yep. Of course. Like like we've been saying, take all of the this context into account when you're talking about wow, they looked really good in week one. You're supposed to against most of who you're supposed to play, and you know, to UNLV's discredit, I guess it was Idaho State. But I I don't know. I'm kind of with you. This isn't going to be an easy game. Thankfully, they got them coming up to uh, Berkeley, which should hopefully tilt the scales in California's favor. But I agree with you. I don't think you can sleep on this UNLV team, especially if Doug Brumfield is 100% and good to go. I think he's a big-time difference maker. Yeah, the other one that you mentioned before we hopped on here to uh, to tape today's show was Eastern Washington going to Oregon. That's a premier FCS school, and Look, is there still a massive talent gap between Oregon and any FCS program, even a good one like Eastern Washington? Yes, there there is, but we've seen FCS upsets happen before. I think Oregon will be fine and and win the game, but you you can't sleep on the ability of Eastern Washington to throw the ball through the air. They don't have Eric Berrier anymore, who who won the the FCS equivalent of the Heisman Trophy last season, but that's a team that scores points. Time and time again, I, I think that UNLV is you know, going to be able to push Cal more than Eastern Washington can push Oregon. But the Ducks cannot come out and just say, eh, we're just better. We're going to win. Like, you, you got to come out and bring it against the Eagles. 
Hundred percent. Let you know. God forbid they call up Cooper Cup to come back because he probably still has eligibility. Uh, eligibility. Hey, I thought we talked about not stumbling over our words anymore when we when we, we were doing so. We were doing we so were. well. We were Homer Simpson at the nuclear waste factory. Days without an accident. Put it back yep. at zero and back right at zero. Thanks to Richie Bradshaw. Uh, I I don't love. Eastern Washington to beat Oregon State. I don't even like Eastern Washington to beat Oregon. Oregon not, not Oregon, Oregon State. State. Not Oregon State. Excuse me. I take that back. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not doing that. My mistake. Uh, <laughs> Oregon. Oregon is a very good football team. I know that they just went down and you know just call a got spade a, a spade. Got obliterated. Yeah. Punched they got in the mouth. Smashed. Crunched. Destroyed. And, Depending on who you asked, I, I mean, going. it looked like they had the fear in their eyes before the game even started. But we'll we'll see. I think that's going to be a huge wake-up call for Oregon, who is still a very talented football team. I'm not the biggest Bo Nix guy in the world, but I don't think anyone really is. And he's going to be able to come back and assert himself as one of those, like, is he, is he good or is he bad? We don't really know. But he's he's good enough to win football games. Oregon should be pretty PO'd after the way they just got their butts handed to them by Georgia. But Eastern Washington could catch them in a slump in theory. But if there is a trap game, to me, that's it. But again, I'm not I'm not placing any of my money on on Eastern Washington to go to Eugene and pull off an upset there. That doesn't seem yeah. feasible to me. Yeah, that, that seems a little unrealistic. And Oregon just... You know, in that particular game, the Ducks have got to be looking to do to Eastern Washington what Georgia did to them a week ago. Just from a confidence and locker room standpoint, right? You've got to come out and show we're not giving up on the season. There's a long way to go. We can still win a conference championship if if we take care of business. But it starts with every opportunity you get to step on the field. you got to bring it on on every single play. Last thing I want to ask you today, Richie, is... The three games I'm most excited to see, USC at Stanford, Arizona against Mississippi State, and Oregon State at Fresno State. We haven't talked a lot about them today here on the show. We'll get to them a little bit more on uh, tomorrow's episode. But of those three games, each in their own way present an opportunity to the Pac-12 school that is playing. For Stanford, it's can you regain momentum to be on the track back to what you were? by upsetting a top 10 team in the country. For USC, same sort of thing. You come in, if you blow out Stanford, that puts the whole league on notice. Arizona, you are you have already taken a step forward and had a win that they should still be celebrating in Tucson down there after the win against San Diego State. If you beat Mississippi State, that's another level. That's an even bigger step forward. Oregon State, you looked as good as you could defensively, and the offense was sharp as well in week one against Boise State. You go do it against Fresno State on the road this week, that puts the league on notice even more than they already are with uh, the Beavs right now. Which of those three games and which team specifically do you think has the biggest opportunity in front of them with a win? I'm actually going to go Oregon State here because Fresno State is still a very good football team. Uh, the quarterback for Fresno, I think Hayner or something Jake like Hayner, that. Jake Hayner, yep. He's yeah. still there. That guy's a gamer. Yes, he is. He's a very, very good football player. And he looks like he's going to go ahead and continue the dominance that he has, regardless of the fact that uh, his head coach is gone now to Washington. But 
I don't and and what what's really going to go up against Oregon State here is they have to go to Fresno and that's not going to be an easy game for them. But Oregon State has been a much better program over the last few years than they have been over the last 40 years. And they've just got a lot of confidence in their in their guys there with uh Chance Nolan, uh Chance Nolan at quarterback. We all know that Jack Coletto is like one of the funnest Football, football player. Players. If you don't exactly. like Jack Coletto, I don't, you don't like, like you. Yeah. That guy yeah. embodies everything that's great about college football. Exactly. Yeah. 100%. Like, if you don't like Jack Coletto, I don't know if I trust you. I feel like you're just a, a hater of fun at that point. <laughs> that's exactly That's exactly right. I, I like the Oregon State pick there. I think I think the biggest opportunity is is in front of Arizona. But I think Oregon State is the most likely to see the positive result that that we're talking about here, right? I mean, Oregon State is a one-point favorite. They opened as a one-and-a-half-point underdog, but it's flipped to the other side now. They're a one-point favorite at at Fresno State. But I don't even know if Arizona fans are – I know that Arizona fans are going to pack that that stadium down there in uh, Tucson that was newly renovated this offseason, and they – yeah, they they definitely did. Needed and this it. is this is a heck of a home opener and a first game in that particular stadium. I know Arizona wants to win, but I, I think you could have moral victories in that game. If you lose to Mississippi State as a ten and a half point underdog by you know, five to eight points or something like that. That that's a as much of a statement loss as you could have. But I know Wildcat fans right now have got a lot of confidence. They should, and if they go into that game and come out with a win, you could be talking about Arizona as a Pac-12 South contender in in 2022. And who had that written down? I did not, but we'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. And the man who joined me today, Richie Bradshaw, host of Locked On Sun Devils, he will be watching, I will be watching, I know all of you will as well. Richie, it's always great to talk to you, my guy. Enjoy the football this weekend. Absolutely, my friend. Can't wait to see my Arizona State Sun Devils lose by 30. (laughs) <laughs> whatever whatever the spread is take it guys oklahoma state's gonna cover it's it's minus 11 minus 11 right now i i i tend to agree with them more on that tomorrow i'll Appreciate tell you guys though yeah i'll sorry i'll, I'll tell you guys that if if we pull it off i'm i'm gonna like eat a hat or something we'll see <laughs> all right I'll, I'll send you an edible arrangement in the shape of a hat and you can love it you could you could consume it that way <laughs> See you next time. Appreciate everyone listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.